if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 2 is where we're going to be here in just a second. I want to take you back, if you, uh, if you will, back to the day where you accepted Christ, where Jesus told you personally to follow him. Because that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about two words, actually the whole verse, but focus on two words where Jesus says, follow me. Sounds simple enough, doesn't it? Jesus says, follow me. And we say, okay, cool. This is going to be a great ride. Everything's going to go smooth. Everything's going to be great. And then we get into it. We find out it's not as easy as we thought all the time. But Jesus does say, follow me. And I want you to understand, when Jesus says to follow me, there's some things attached to it. Now, I don't know if you remember being a kid, but we always played follow the leader. It's kind of fun. You had one person kind of leading, and you had to do what they did. Sometimes they'd do silly things, or you, know, you had to follow them on around. But it was playing follow the leader. That was easy. But sometimes when we get into this life, we find out to follow isn't always as easy as we thought. So read with me, if you will, Mark chapter 2. Start with verse 13. It says this. Once again, Jesus went out beside a lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Aphia, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him, and his disciples were there. There were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, is it not the healthy? It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Follow me. And what I love, Jesus was just walking by. Saw Levi sitting in his office, or in the booth as it said. And Jesus said, hey Levi, come follow me. What I like, there was no second thoughts. I'm sure somebody already talked to him about who this Jesus was and what it meant. But right then, Levi got up and followed him. Remember, tax collectors were not liked in that day. They were employed by the Romans, used as oppressors to other people. They were despised and scorned. They were hated by the Jews to be all that. They were considered traitors because they wouldn't just take what the Roman government wanted. They took a little extra for themselves. And so they were not liked. But Jesus chose Levi. Jesus chose someone who was scorned, who wasn't liked, who was hated. And he said, Levi, follow me. And that leads me to a thought that is simply this. God chooses the most unlikely people to use, doesn't he? I mean, really think about it. Of all the disciples and with Levi coming on, he chooses a lot of different kind of people. And sometimes those who aren't even liked by society to follow him. John 15, 16 says this. You did not choose me, Jesus says, but I chose you. I love that. 
In other words, each and every one of us was chosen by God. His call is to follow Jesus. Our call is to attach ourselves to this person, Jesus, and to follow him. And I want you to understand this call, this choosing, is a personal call to each and every one of us. That we as Christians have been called by God to follow Jesus. Again, I remember being in elementary, and we'd get out for recess. We'd go to the softball field, the kickball field, and all of a sudden we'd choose teams. Ever remember that? You had all this group together, and you had two captains, you know. So Dave and I are captains, so we could start choosing people. Well, I'm going to pick Doug. Doug picks Clint. I'm going to pick Tracy. But always, what happened? The good ones are always picked first. Then there's that one last one that's like nobody wanted this person because they can't kick the side of a wall, let alone a ball rolling towards them. They can't catch anything. So I don't want them on my team. So we, okay, come on. You, you, you can play with us. You know, you're on our team this time, but next time you get the other team, all right? And that's how we do things. But what does Jesus do? He calls that last person. He chooses that last person. The person we would pick last, God chooses. He chose Levi and said, come follow me. It was a personal call to a man who wasn't liked, who was hated, who was scorned, who cheated and did all those things, and God still called him. See, Jesus said, I chose you. You didn't choose me. God chose you. I want you to understand there are a lot of things we don't get to choose in life. You didn't get to choose in what city you were born, or for some of you, what farmhouse you were born in, you know, or what barn for some of us. You don't get to choose what nation you were born in. You didn't get to choose your family. Many things you don't get to choose. You just don't have a say in it. It's just there. But he chose us, the Bible says, even before the foundation of the world. He chose us. Think about that for just, let that sink in. He chose you. He selected you. And the problem is, we don't mind being chosen. We don't mind being selected, especially when it's one of the first ones in this group of people that gets selected to be on this team or to do this project. We like that. The problem is, we often neglect the next part. So understand this. Yes, he chose you. But he chose you to do something. He has a purpose in our life. He has a purpose for you to do, a purpose for you to accomplish. So when was the last time God asked you to do something? When was the last time God spoke to you and said, hey, I need you to accomplish this. I, I, I need you to do this or that. When was the last time God spoke to you? If you're sitting here saying, I don't remember. It's been a long time ago. Can I tell you something? We need to reconnect back again to the one we're following. Because he chose us for a purpose. He did not choose you to be a great leader in business or as a person or a teacher or to be a great doctor. He didn't choose us for any of those things. We think just because we come to him then all will go well. Everything will just simply fall into place and I will be blessed. I will have happiness all of my life and all those things. 
That's not what it means. He didn't call us to be any of those things. What did he call us to do? To follow him. To listen to him. You see, this is what Jesus called us to do. Follow him. Follow me, he says. So understand, the first thing you outlined is simply this. Everyone is following something. Everyone is following something or someone. You see, the only question is this. Who or what will we follow? Who or what are we going to listen to? For example, in the world today, so many people follow the celebrities. You know, those famous people. And it seems like all these celebrities all of a sudden have all this political knowledge and world knowledge of what's going on in the world, and they start to think they can spew out whatever they want, and there's so many people in the world go, oh, yes, that is so true, and there's not a bit of truth with it. It's the pop culture, it's the movies, it's the businesses. You see, someone said fame is a mask that eats away our face because we follow all those things. Other people may follow fashion, they follow values of the world. And Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 7, 3, about the fashion of the world, following those trends. See, we're either going to follow those things, or we follow popular leaders in the Christian world. And sometimes, you know, I read things people say, and I find all these different articles, and sometimes I agree with them on this time, then the next month they put this out, I'm going, where'd they get that at? You know, we have these people that make these videos and all those things. In fact, I got a whole box of him in my office because I just don't like where he taught about heaven and hell because he actually came out after he did a bunch of great videos and he says, and he wrote a book that hell doesn't exist. Sorry. My book says it does. And we follow this person and we say, oh, no, no, that's not what he meant. He put it in writing, folks. It's one thing to say the wrong thing by accident. It's another thing to put it in writing. Some people, as Ephesians tells us in 2, 1 and 2, that we follow demonic spirits. We're actually following Satan. Remember I asked, who are we following or what are we following? Sometimes we don't even know it, but we're following what Satan wants us to do, not what God wants us to do. And we've got to be really careful with this. That's why it sounds like a simple question. Who are you following? Well, we're sitting in church, Kurt. Obviously, we're following God. We're following Jesus. Can I say this without getting too much trouble? Not always. Not always. Please hear me in that. We don't always follow what God desires. It doesn't happen. And sometimes we follow the crowd, as Acts 28, 4 through 6 says. We follow the crowd. We have our friends, and we listen to them. We have Facebook, you know. I mean, who are you following on Facebook? Who are you following on Twitter? Who do you can't wait to hear from when you post this on Facebook? Oh, I hope so-and-so likes it. But we don't really care if God likes it. We don't really care who somebody else likes it or not. But we have certain people. Acts 28 says they actually changed their minds about some of these things. I think we need to do the same thing. You see, Jesus is the true leader. And my question for us this morning is this. Will we follow the true leader? Do we truly follow Jesus in our life? The world does not need more leaders. 
World leaders in the Bible, the word leader in the Bible is mentioned 31 times, but get this, more than double, it talks about following Jesus. Yeah, we need leaders, but we need more leaders. We need more followers. We need more doctors. We need more Christian doctors. We need more business people. We need more Christian business people. And get this, we don't just need more Christians. We need more Christians who are truly following Jesus Christ. Because if we're doing that, you're going to find out at the end what it truly means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We need to, what we need is people who are truly following Jesus and all we say and all we do. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? You might ask yourself, who am I really following? Whose voice am I hearing in my life when I need to go do this or go do that? So first let me tell you this, what it does not mean. Following Jesus does not mean, number one, that you'll have all the answers. Okay, please understand that. It doesn't mean we will always have all the answers. In fact, you may have more questions about it when you start following who Jesus is. And you'll say, I really wish God would answer this question. I wish God would answer that about this. I just don't understand what's happening. Who are my friends? And you may even ask, who are my real friends? Who are my true friends? Because it's going to change. Secondly, your life is suddenly all together. Because we say we're going to follow Jesus, just because we say that doesn't mean our life is going to be all together. You know, I just came to Jesus, and not everything is all right. And people get discouraged about that. But you soon discover that the light that is shining is shining in those dark places of our heart and our lives, and it's starting to reveal certain things about us. We don't like that, do we? We don't like the light to shine in those places we've hidden, those things we've tried to hide from other people, and all of a sudden they're being brought to light, now we have to do something about it. And we realize just how much we need to change. And we realize how much we need to forgive. And we realize all these things have to happen. And all of a sudden we realize, I don't have it all together because of who Jesus is. And when we understand this, when we truly understand this, we realize we don't have it all together. So can I tell you this? Just because we all say we're followers of Jesus this morning, just because we all are in church this morning, stop trying to impress each other because we all have faults. We all have things we need to fix. We all are sinners, and we come into this place together. You know, so let's just be honest, okay? We're a church with faults, right? How do I know that? Because I'm one. Okay, let's just be honest. Dave, admit it. Yeah, you're good. Scott, you're good. Tracy, I know it's hard to believe, but yeah, you ha we have some faults, don't we? We all do. Okay, so stop trying to fool everybody else. Stop trying to impress other people. We'll have the issues. Jesus takes us just as we are. I mean, after all, Jesus said to a tax collector, follow me. And everyone said what? Why is Jesus sitting with tax collectors and other, quote, sinners, it says? Wow. When was the last time you got together with a group of sinners? Well, Kurt, you just said we're all sinners, so last time I was at church, we kind of gathered together. No, I mean worldly sinners. I mean people who don't know who God is. You see, that's what religion does. It boxes us in. It says, you're not good enough. 
They're not good enough. Wrong kind of people. We can't have those kind of people in our church. What are you talking about? That's who Jesus is calling. He's calling those people. Not the righteous, but the sick. Jesus said, don't listen to them. Follow me. The number three, the third thing is this. That your life will go smoothly without challenges, setbacks, and difficulties. I guarantee you, all of a sudden, we have this all new set of challenges. But take courage. Because we will face things we've never had to face. You're going to face different oppositions when people truly see Christ in us at work in the public. We'll have setbacks. We'll have difficulties. Do people see Jesus living through us is the question. Do people see Jesus living through us when we face challenges, when we have difficulties in our life? That's what people are looking for. They're looking for Jesus in us, not us saying, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. They don't care what we say. They want to see it in us. You're walking with God. It's a journey. Yes, it has ups and downs. And yes, we get sideways sometimes in our life. But it's okay. Number four, you will always see clearly what God is doing. Can I say this? Nope, not always. We talked about this several weeks ago. We say, I want a plan. I want a direction. I want the next step. I want to see the end results. And Jesus says what? No, just follow me. Just listen to me. And you say, it would be nice if you would simply try to have a plan for my life. Can I tell you something? When you start making plans, put it in pencil, not ink. Because I guarantee you, you're going to be changing some of it. You're going to need to erase some of it. You're going to need to redo it a little bit. Because that's just the way it is. We could just simplify this whole idea of this Christian walk. It's just this, following Jesus. And what that means is you're on a journey of a lifetime. It's a lifetime journey that we have with Jesus. It's a lifetime journey that we're doing this life with Jesus in our life. It's not something we just start in a few months we have it or a few years we have it or we say, well, I've been a Christian for 50 years so I can quit doing certain things. No, it's a journey of a lifetime from the day we say yes to the day we take our last breath. It's that journey. Number five, you will always have money when we come to Christ, right? (laughs) Need I say more? Okay, it doesn't always happen. Never will. In fact, you'll probably learn to live with less than what we have. But we do what we do because what, with what God has given to us, what God has blessed us with. You see, it's a journey, like I said, constantly moving after the one you said yes to, constantly following him. It's not the goal or the reward, the destination. It is the journey itself. It is being with Jesus. So what does it mean to follow? In 19 and 20, it says this, of Mark, of Matthew 4. He said to them, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. And they straight away left their nets and followed him. Once again, he simply said, follow me. And they did. This word followed, it's kind of an interesting word. It kind of has two words. One word is union and another word is road. So get this. It is to be on the same road as a companion. 
to enter another person's world and to join them on their journey, to be caught up with what God is doing, and get this, and participate. To participate, to be involved with, to do what God is calling us to do. It's just not saying we follow Jesus. It's to be on that same road as a companion of Jesus, to enter his life and his ministry and his destination and to do what God has called us to do, not just to sit in a pew, not just to say we come to church, but to participate in the ministry and the mission of Jesus Christ. You see, sometimes we see this definition and we think someone is always going to be ahead of us. For us to follow. And yes, Jesus is always there. And he's always leading us to follow. And all I have to do is follow and listen to where they're telling me to go. Is that what he means? No. I want you to understand this. Because we need to hear it. Jesus is not going to tell you everything to do in your life. He's not going to do that. Why? If he did that, then you would not take responsibility for your life. You would not use your gifts or contribute to God's kingdom. All you would do is simply wait to be told what to do next. Like kind of like a slave waiting for the master to give the next order. And that's not who God is. Jesus is saying, follow me. Jesus is saying, enter my world. Jesus is saying, enter my perspective and journey your life with me. You see, we can't put our lives in all these different compartments. And what I mean by that is this. Well, this morning, we're over here in compartment number one, or box one, and it's church. So we're doing church right now. We're being good boys and girls. We're in church. We're worshiping. We're singing. We're going to gather around the Lord's table, and we do church. Okay? So at 10.30, it's quarter to 11. We're going to get out of church. We're going to go to our next box. And for some, it may be lunch, it may be work, it may be sports, it may be doing this, it may be doing that, but we're in this box. And then Monday morning comes around, here's our third box, it's work. Or for some, it's retirement, we're just going to do the things that we do, okay? Another box may be just family. Another box may be this or that, hobbies, whatever we do. So we think we have it broken down in compartments, and that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, follow me in all aspects of our life. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, whatever you do in word or deed, the Bible says, do it to the glory of God. So it's not compartments, it's life. One big picture of who, what God, what's that, what we want. So how do we follow Jesus? Very quickly, very quickly. Number one, share your life with Jesus. I know that sounds odd, but share your life with Jesus. Mark 3.14 says this, he appointed the 12 that they might be with him. To be with means it's an intentional sharing of our life. It's allowing the Holy Spirit in every aspect of our life, not just me and Jesus, but also it has this connection with the church as Acts talks about, that you can't separate the church because Acts talks about Saul and persecuting the Christians and trying to pull them away from Christ. No, it doesn't do that. It means we do this life together. We share it together. Secondly, it's developing a relationship with Jesus. It's a development. John 15, 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You see, following Jesus is closely connected to serving him and serving people. Because we hear God's voice. 
And we hear God tell us, we need to do this, we need to do that. And we listen to that voice and we accomplish those things. You see, following means trusting and obeying his words and doing what he says. John 14, 2 says this, He who has my commands and keeps them is he who loves me. We hear, we obey, and it means we love. The third one is this, commit to personal change and spiritual growth. God desires each of us to become like Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of awesome to me. That his desire is for us to be like his son. Romans 8, 29 says this, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Please hear this. Spiritual growth is not an accident. It is a journey. It is intentional change. It's something we set our minds to. Matthew 16 says this, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. To deny ourselves. To say, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't need that. I don't want that. But I want to do what Christ wants me to do. Literally, if any person resolves or determines in his heart to journey with me, What he's saying is he must contradict his selfish nature and surrender to the leadership of Jesus Christ. So many times we follow someone or something because we all are following something. Can I say this before I move on? Don't follow me, please. Follow what I preach. Follow Jesus. But so many times people follow the minister. They follow elders deacons that's not who we're called to follow we're called to follow jesus number four learn how to serve again john 12 26 says this says this if any man serves let him what follow me following jesus is closely connected to serving him and serving people that's what jesus did Whoever desires to become great among you, let them be your servant. Jesus rejected this world style of leadership, of position and privilege. Jesus modeled and taught serving. Great followers are great servers. They serve one another. Kingdom leadership, serving people and meeting needs. I added one more, very short. It says this, share his mission. That's how we follow we share his mission. What is that mission? Matthew 28, 18, and 20. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. It goes on and says, baptize them and do all those things. It's an intentional effort to enter the lives of other people and journey with them to become like Christ. So as I close, Jesus simply says this. Follow me. Follow me, Jesus says. Jesus says. 